The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Ring, the most important show about boxing, with your host, David Diaz. Get ready for four rounds of sports talk in one hour, with an emphasis on boxing, both amateur and professional. Now, here's your host, former boxing great, David Diaz. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Outside the Ring. I am your host, 1996 U.S. Olympian and former WBC lightweight champion of the world, David Diaz. If you're into boxing, MMA, or any other sport, you tune into the right place. And like always, Outside the Ring is brought to you by VoiceAmericaSports.com. All right, guys, I got to start off first with some some good news, good news and bad news. The good news is that my parents are, are home from Mexico. They've been, been away for a couple of months, actually three months. And they're back home here in Chicago with us, and we're very happy to have them, have them back. Um, Amaya, pa, bienvenidos. Um, otra vez acá a la ciudad de Chicago. Los esperamos, este, los teníamos esperado por, por mucho tiempo, so gracias que vinieron para atrás. I will uh, translate that. I just told them that we're ha- very happy to have them back home here with us. Now I got to start off with, now I got to tell you the bad news. Well, the bad news, as most of our Chicagoans know and the NHL people know, that our Blackhawks got eliminated from the playoffs by the Phoenix Coyotes in Game 6 of their Best of 7 series. Now, all, all, of, the, all of the games but the Game 6 were decided in overtime. In Game 6, the, the Blackhawks just got outplayed, outhustled, uh, losing to the Coyotes for the zip. You know, maybe all those old overtime games um, got got them tired, or or you know, Hosa not being in the lineup because of that rough play by Torres, by Rafi Torres. Um, you know, it, it was a tough um, tough loss there uh, on our part, for that matter. And it was a tough series all, all around. Needless to say, they did get us to the playoffs, and they gave us an exciting series. So thank you to uh, the Blackhawks, the players. Um, all of them for giving us a good season and an exciting series at the end. And since they they share the same the same building, you know I've got to talk to uh, talk about the Bulls. They own the best record and also have home home court uh, throughout the entire Eastern Conference playoff. That's due to the fact that uh, the Heat rested the big three and the Celtics beat them. Now, this is the second straight year that they have done that. So let's just hope that it's not the same outcome from last year's playoffs. The, Bru- the Bulls played yesterday, and they beat the Pacers 92-87. Now, all the Bulls need to end up to uh, getting a overall uh, best record is um, to beat Cleveland tonight and, um, 
and they need a loss by the San Antonio Spurs uh, to to clinch the top uh, seed again. And then it's out to the playoffs. I'm sorry. And then it's out to the uh, to the first round playoffs to either play the Sixers or the Knicks. So let's go Bulls. What happened? What? World peace has been suspended, and all of the countries in the world are going to go at it at a no holes bar match. I'm just kidding. You know who I'm talking about is Meta World Peace, also known as Ron Artest. You know, on Tuesday, he got suspended for seven games due to the celebration elbow, quote, that he gave um, uh, to Oklahoma City uh, Thunder guard James Harden. Now, if anybody and everybody's seen that, that game, and they see that that dunk he did, and yes, he he got a nice little dunk in there. But you know it was no accident. I mean, the guy Harden was coming up on him, brushed up on him a little bit, and what um, Artes did was he cocked his elbow back, and he did clock him in the back of the head and laid him out for a couple of minutes. And that that was definitely a deliberate elbow that he threw. I um, definitely do believe they should have given him the suspension. And um, and plus more money or, if anything, whatever they're going to do. But, yeah, that's one of the reasons uh, why um, all the calls are being, um, you know, little, little pushes and stuff like that are, are called because of situations like that where a player overreacts uh, to, to, to another player brushing up on him and, and he gets elbowed. So, yeah, that's not that's not a good 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 thing, man. Especially for a high caliber player like Artes getting played and he plays on the Lakers and stuff like that. He shouldn't be doing stuff like that. Well, anyway, now we're gonna move on to the national pastime. You know, um, our Cubbies. You know, on Wednesday morning, the Cubbies were tied for the worst record in the National League Central Division. Along with the Houston Astros. <laughs> and by 4 p.m., <laughs> they were officially in last place again. They lost against the Central Division leaders, the St. Louis Car- uh, Cardinals. What's going on, guys? Let's go, Cubs. Let's get, let's get this together and, and let's get some wins going. And uh, so we could climb back from uh, under the cellar and, and, um, and, and do good. So, you know, um, I don't know if uh, you guys seen um, the the latest picture uh, pic that went viral. It's the one of the fans sitting uh, right behind home plate at a Royals game. He was not cheering his team on. He was not doing anything out, trying to uh, mess up the batter or anything. He was reading a book while the game was being played. All I can say is even though my Cubbies have not been playing great, you know, our fans are dedicated. Uh, by the awesome plays they make, the great company around us, and the great refreshments they sell to the 21 and over crowd. So, you know, it's a great place even though we're not losing. I mean, we're, we're losing. It's a great place just to hang out and have a good time. You know, as, as much as it hurts to talk about it, I like to be fair and give credit where credit is due. So on that note, you know, the White Sox are doing good. All right, and now... Next to something else. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The Sox are, are, are doing real good. Congratulations to all the White Sox fans. And also congrats, congrats to White Sox pitcher Phil Humber, 
who pitched the 21st perfect game in league history. Then he did that on Saturday, April 21st, against the Seattle Mariners. Humber, Humber was claved off of waivers from Oakland on uh, January 28 of uh, last year. He struck out nine in his 4-0 perfect game. This is the third time in uh, White Sox uh, franchise history. He, he also did a good job on the Dave Letterman show as he read the top ten. You know, so congratulations to, uh, to everyone and the Sox nations. You know, football, you know, is still a long way, but the draft is tonight, you know, and, and it gets me really excited to see, uh, who we're going to be getting and, um, with the number 19th pick. And we also have a new, uh, uh, GM, uh, Phil Emery. So let's just hope that he does his job and, and picks out Guys that are going to be with us for like six or seven years and guys that don't tank like the last uh, GM, you know, who picked those guys that, that some of them didn't end up even making the team. So I hope I hope uh, uh, it's a good uh, a sign that we get uh, a good picks with the 19th pick. So we'll see what happens, man. So um, it's going to be exciting tonight and um, we'll see what happens. So, so let's go Bears. Okay, I don't know if you guys have heard of the cancellation of hosting a fight between um, Andy Lee and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. at the 51,000-seat uh, um, Sunbowl. Toprak was notified that due to heightened security issues, the University of Texas Board of Regents governing all UT schools made a decision to not have that fight at that stadium because of security issues. And, you know, El Paso City officials were all upset over the decision and wanted more details and answers regarding the high security issue. So now the fight will uh, will actually uh, probably be moved either to Houston or San Antonio. And the fighters have been told, have been told, uh, uh, you know, to keep on training that everything is, is going to be as planned. There's going to be a fight. So not to have anything uh done out of that and not to stop uh training so they're um they're on their way to go and uh do their fighting so that's that's with that also on another note if you were looking uh um, looking forward to seeing Alfonso Gomez uh back in the ring against Jesse Vargas uh there is some bad news it's not happening uh the fight was supposed to be on the undercard of the Mayweather Cotto Gomez I mean, Mayweather Cotto fight. And, um, Gomez throughout training camp has, has been experiencing, uh, back spasms. So, you know, he was hoping that a day off would, you know, help him go through that and he'll be able to, you know, recuperate or whatever. But it, it wasn't. He went to go see, I believe it was a chiropractor and they told him that, you know, it'd be better for him not to, um, have that fight, you know, but, you know, it's, some of the things that happen during training camp, you either go too hard with some of the weight training or, or the training or, or the boxing or something goes wrong, you know. And so, unfortunately, this, uh, this fight um, is not going to take place. So, I, I, in saying that, I want to say that, you know, you definitely have to be careful in what you do with um, all of your, you know, your fights and, and, and stuff like that in, in your training um, because you're going at it thinking that 
you know, you have to work hard. You have to do it, push a little bit harder just to get that edge. So maybe what happened to Gomez was that he tried a little bit too hard and bobbing, weaving, or what, whatever the case may be. I don't know what it was uh, about that, but his his back went out, and um, it's really a painful thing. Also, um, we also got news that, um, you know, they found a replacement for um, for Afozo Gomez, and it's going to be ex-champ uh, Stevie Forbes is going to be taking his place on uh, uh, on the card for uh, and he's gonna be fighting Jesse Vargas. So you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting fight because of um, um, Steve Forbes. He always comes to fight, always comes to to do his thing. So it's it's not gonna be uh, it's gonna be more of a boxer now that Jesse Vargas. If anything, Jesse Vargas has to um, change up his style because. Uh, Steve Forbes is is nothing like Alfonso Gomez, so now the the big problem is going to be for Jesse Vargas to uh, take all of that that he was training to do against um, Gomez, and now have a whole different plan to uh, take on Steve Forbes. And you know, later on in the show, later on in the show, we're going to have a good friend of mine. Uh, he's an ex fighter and. Um, and he's he's been a promoter for a long time, for a very long time, and a great promoter at that too here in the Chicagoland area, you know. And um, he actually promoted my last fight. I uh, fought in Indiana. Um, Bobby Hits will be on the show later on today, and we're going to be interviewing him because he's got an exciting card that's going to be happening uh, May 25th. So you guys uh, stay tuned for the next segment, the outcome. flagship station for sports voice america sports lockdown coverage get ready to talk sports with the big guys tune in to lockdown coverage with keith lewis every tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team the players and what's next it's time to have fun with the game Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. It's all Arizona, 
all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. All right, this is a segment called The Outcome. Well, just when we, well, I, me personally, when I thought uh, Margarito should should hang him up, I, I believe Margarito is going to be making his way back into the ring against an opponent to be determined. He's in, uh, he's, he's scheduled a 10-round fight that will take place in uh, Tucson, 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 Arizona. Uh, if you remember, he's back from after losing uh, to Miguel Cotto on December 3rd. You know, I think the outcome of this fight will determine whether or not he decides to hang up the gloves. And I don't think it's going to be just based off of um, his uh, ring presence or or or, or um, the ability to throw punches. I think it's going to be more based off of the eye. Because if you guys can remember, that eye uh, just looked uh, very bad. And um, that, that eye was actually caused first by Manny Pacquiao in, in their fight. And then with um, Margarito again, it just flared up real, real bad. Now, I honestly uh, do think um, um, the eye is going to be a problem again, regardless who fights. If they start hitting that eye, it's going to flare up again and probably even cost, cost more damage than, um, you know, than, than, than what it is now. So my 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 thought is like the guy has done a lot also in in the sport of boxing. He's had a lot of great epic fights and great fights with some controversy obviously uh, along his career. But I honestly like I I said before when he fought that fight with uh, Miguel Cotto the second time, I don't think um, you can you can say anything about it. Yes, he did get caught um with uh the trainer trying to put uh the wraps on him. But you can't be for certain of of of, of the outcome because uh, Cotto uh, did not fight the same fight. So we'll, we would like for me, I personally don't think it was the same fight. So you can't you can't decide on it. But what's more important about it is going to be his health. It's going to be his eye. That eye is really definitely going to be the one that um you think about it. I mean, for him, I for him it's going to be like. You know, if it gets thrown up again, I think he should uh, decide to retire because your sight is nothing to play with, you know. So, you know, he's got family, kids, and, um, you know, it, it would be a shame for him to um, do something uh, just for, for the money and, and 
And, you know, obviously it's going to be for the pride because he's Mexican. He's got a lot of pride in there. And, you know, we hope um, all goes well and nothing ends up bad. But, you know, uh, for me, it's uh, retired, brother. It's it's a lot easier than fighting. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, there were quite a few fights this weekend. Now, I know I said I was going to watch the Evans, uh, Rashad Evans and John Jones fight. But guess what? I didn't. There was a lot of things I had to do, take care of, that we couldn't do it. And my wife didn't want to pay for it. So, uh, you know, she just punched me. But it's true. She didn't want to pay for it. So we decided not to do it and uh, went uh, to do something else. But we all know what happened. Uh, Jones got the W. um, And um, from what I read... It was that, uh, you know, uh, played the disc, he used his height, his reach, and Rashad didn't really, um, you know, engage it in the fight. But, what I did catch were the Friday night fights on Showbox. You know, and starting off the night was, uh, Ronald the Chosen One Hearns. He's the son of the legendary Tommy the Hitman Hearns. And he was going up against Erislandi Lara. Cuban uh, from Miami. Um, the fight actually lasted shorter than both of the ring entrants. You know, Hearns had a quick night. You know, he he fought Laura in what was supposed to be a ten round fight. You know, both started both they started off pretty good. You know, like jabbing and moving more like uh you know filling out process in the sense, but right before uh you know a minute into the fight. Uh, Lara landed a straight left to, uh, Hearn's chin and he dropped him. Just like that, he was on the floor. You know, um, Hearns got back up and, uh, Lara went after him again and ended up giving him a, a standing eight count, you know. And the, the crazy thing about that standing eight count was that the ref was telling, um, uh, Hearns, hey, are you alright? Are you alright? And it wasn't about, till about the second, Second, all right, that that Hearns uh, gave him like a little nod, like I guess, do, you know. I mean, it was it was for me, it was clear that that um, you know, Hearns didn't want nothing to do with uh, Lara anymore after the second one. It was granted it was a standing standing eight, and um, Lara landed uh, two more straight lefts, and the fight was over. So I definitely uh, would have asked him a little bit more, you know. I've been the referee, but I, again, I'm looking from the from the TV. But he looked like he didn't want nothing more, and he actually um, uh, dropped him pretty bad because um, Hearns was out on the floor for for a little bit, and um, you know he lasted for about a minute, minute and a half, and you know Hearns was was down, you know, and um, that was an easy paycheck for Lara. So congrats to him and. Um, I hope uh, Hearns is all right, and um, he'll probably fight another day. You know, uh, now to the to the main event of that Friday night fight. The fight was between uh, Caleb Trucks Trucks uh, versus Jermaine Taylor. I know I murdered that. And now, you know, this fight should have been an easy one, and it was for Taylor. You know, it was until the ninth round. Taylor, uh, you know, was handling pretty good. But like 10 seconds into the ninth, 
Charles gave him a right hand that made, uh, made Taylor, Taylor hug him. And I think it's that, that first, first, uh, right hand was the one that, that, that got him and shook him that Taylor started hugging him. So then after that, they separated him and then Charles gave him another clean, clean right hand. And that dropped Taylor. He beat the count. You know, obviously, uh, uh, Charles tried to, try tried to get on him, but, you know, Taylor got through it and, and he obviously made it to the 10th. And, and, and Taylor won a, a unanimous decision on that one. But, you know, what was a little bit weird for me was that, um, after the, you know, the, in the interview, the post-fight interview in, in the ring, uh, Taylor was happy he got knocked on. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what we were working for. That's what we were working for, you know, to see how we would react. So, you know, man, I, I, to me, it was, it was a little weird trying to, I guess, I guess, to justify himself from, for what he got knocked on. And I understand from his last fights, he's been stopped and not been able to do it anymore. But, you know, um, hopefully, you know, he, he's good with his reaction, you know. And we know the last thing you want is, uh, to get dropped, uh, get dropped. As a fighter, that's the last thing I want to do and, and say, hey, I, I feel good. We wanted to get dropped to see. Not, <laughs> not, not for me. But anyway, congratulations to, uh, Taylor and, uh, uh, hope, hope everything goes good for you. And then on, on Saturday, there, we had some, uh, had some of the lightweights going at it. And it was on Showtime again. The opening bout was a good one. A real good one. It was against, uh, Anselmo Moreno and David, uh, De La Mora. This was, this was a good fight, uh, uh, to open up the show. They went at it real good in the first round and everything. And then in the second round, Moreno caught Mora with the hook that sent him to the canvas. He got up and, you know, and counted, but he got up and he beat the count, but Moreno looked like the, the stronger of, of the two throughout the whole fight. And in the sixth round, Moreno, uh, Moreno got Mora, uh, again. Uh, and this time with a body shot, a wicked body shot that, you know, definitely took the air out of, out of him. Um, he definitely took the air out of him and, and, and took him out. Then after that, in the ninth, Mora said, no more. That's it. I'm done. You know, um, he just thought that he just quit and he said, I had enough. And, you know, Moreno, uh, stays unbeaten since the year 2002. That's almost, almost nine and a half years without this guy losing. The last time he lost was a four round fight. So this guy has been, uh, on a, on a tear for nine years. In, in October, he's gonna make if he gets all the way to October, it'll be 10 years without losing the fight. That's an amazing feat. So congratulations to him, you know. Um, and now on to the main event. Uh, we had, uh, Eric and, um, and, uh, Eric, Eric Morell and, uh, Abner, Abner Mars were for the vacant WBC, uh, Bantamweight title fight. Now, I wanted my friend Morell to win, not only because he's, he's a past guest on the show, but because he's also uh, uh, lives in the neighboring state of Wisconsin, he's a he's a cheese a cheesehead. <laughs> but he's uh, also one of my my '96 Olympic uh, Olympic teammates. But I do have to say that this fight was all Abner Morris. Uh He actually buckled my boy in in the second round. Uh, you know, Morel composed himself and he got through it. 
Myers continued to do the pressure fighting and was on Morel with very powerful body shots. And in the seventh, Morel seemed to put a pressure on Myers to, to see if, uh, you know, to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you because you expended your energy in, in all the first rounds. But, you know, that round, I, I gave it to Morel, but, you know, Morales came back and, you know, gave him a little work for his money, you know, but then that was, that was it. I mean, Morel did try to do a good job, but Morales was just too powerful. And in the 10th round, I mean, the 12th round, uh, uh, they went at it toe to toe, uh, for a good minute and a half. And, but this fight was Morales' fight throughout the whole fight. And congratulations to a young cat who's really has had a, a, a really, uh, bad life. Um, you know, he was, uh, started boxing, uh, young and, um, God bless him. He represented Mexico in the Olympics. So I wish him nothing but success. Um, you know, he, he lived in an area in, in Los Angeles where there was, uh, gunshots, gangs and streets. So I'm very happy for the guy to come out of there and, and, and do good for himself. All right. Um, and, um, so I, I hope, um, I wish him nothing but the best. He's a guy to be watched for. So with everything else, so um, so you guys stay tuned for the next segment, the Fighters Corner, where I'll be talking to Hits, uh, boxing promoter, and my friend Bobby Hits. So stay tuned. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. All right, all right. Now we're back and you're listening to Outside the Ring. I like to call this segment the Fighter's Corner. And we actually have a fighter and a promoter uh, on, the, on the call today. And he's, he's actually one person. So I want to welcome my friend uh, from Hits uh, uh, Boxing Promotion, Bobby Hits. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, Champ. How are you? First of all, I want to congratulate you on all your successes in your career. And congratulations on your retirement, and I wish you a lot of luck in this uh, in this media world. You're good for it. It's good for you. Oh man! First, let me thank you for taking the time out for uh, you know out of busy schedule. You know how you promoters are out there running around, you know, getting ready for the for the show that you're going to be ha- uh, having, and you know you're a very 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 busy person. So, you know, in saying that, how's it going? How's the show for uh, the upcoming uh, May 25th show? At the Horseshoe Casino in Hammond, looking. Uh, the show's looking great, actually. Um, it was terrific when we had you on there, and you know, unfortunately, I think uh, you know, we, you know, the outcome was the way we all wanted. But nonetheless, it was a pleasure to have you out there. When you were there, you see what a great crowd that place draws. It's a tremendous, tremendous venue for boxing. This show here is actually a pretty good one. We have. Uh, kid from Chicago, Fresno Kendall, former world title challenger, and it's kind of funny, David, but you know, we've tried many, many times to get these top fighters, Chris Ariola and Oleander Solis, and this new up-and-coming mouth, this kid, this Brian Jennings, and, and uh, Franklin Lawrence, all these big contenders, nobody will fight Fresno Kendall, and any one of these guys that claim they're the best American heavyweight will take this kid on. But I was lucky enough to find a kid out of Minnesota, big Joey Abel. Uh, he's a big, big, strong, hulking guy. He's about 6'7". Um, got a tremendous record. He's like 24 and 2 or 3. And, and I think he'll be a formidable opponent for Fred. They're fighting for the uh, the uh, WBA set of Latin title, so it's an important fight for both guys. And uh, I was lucky enough to be able to get somebody who had the, the balls enough to fight him because all these so-called contenders, I think, are pretenders. Nobody will fight Fred. Of course not. You know why, though, man? You know the real reason they don't fight uh, Fred Zuquendo is because they know they know that he came from the same gym that I came from and in, in, the, in the amateurs, man. They know we come from the same breed, man, same toughness, so there's no way they want to get in there with Fred, man. So, you know, uh, Fred is a tough... Tough fighter, a guy, a guy who comes out and fight every time, and and you know I I love the guy. He's he's a great person, and but he's a great fighter too as well, man. He has been in there. He he's gotten what Fred has gotten has gotten some raw deals, wrong deals uh, on certain fights, man. And we all know uh, about that, and we support Fred, and we'll definitely be there to support him, brother. Well, and I agree with you. I mean, that toughness that you guys got that Hamlin Park is is second to none. It's it's one of the the top gyms, you know, in the country to, to develop talent. Um, but more importantly, Fred has been a guy that's been there 
and he's maintained his, his, his conditioning all these years from the time back when he fought Holyfield and Chris Bird and, and all those guys. He's never been a guy that wavered and got in shape and then got back in shape and had comebacks. Trent has been a constant in the heavyweight division, and he's too good for his own good, and that's why these guys are denying him his opportunity at, at greatness. But we're going to fight our way there, and we're in a position, Press, to where these guys can't say no to him. I, I agree with you with that. Go get him, man. You know, and you know how many how many fights are you are you going to have on 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 that card? Well, right now we're going to have a, it looks like a marathon show. I have also uh, Yakubu, the Black Mamba Amadou. He's our mm-hmm. kid out of he's out of Ghana by way of of uh, Los Angeles, trained in Hollywood uh, by Freddie Roach's gym, and he's the NBA U.S. champion. And he's actually just coming off a tremendous fight on ESPN with a kid out of That's Korea. He's him, and and what a great fight that was! And so he's looking to you know rebound off of that fight to get him back going. We have our heavyweight prospect David David uh, Diesel D- uh, Latoria. We're gonna call him David Diaz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a heavyweight now. I'm probably even super heavyweight. You better, heavyweight, you so. better not be. <laughs> you better not be. But but Dave Latoria is ten and zero right now, and also. Hollywood Mike Jimenez is a crowd favorite that people love him. Um, I got a new kid up there to showcase out there. David Martin the third. He's a heavyweight out of the whole part of Indiana and he's five you know with four big knockouts. Uh Terry Martin's gonna be on the show. Gennaro Mendez. Uh the list goes on now. We got a couple kids making pro debuts and it's gonna be a tremendous show. Probably gonna have about between nine and eleven fights all told. Now, are, are these fights going to be televised, or you guys got to come out to the Horseshoe Casino in Hammond, Indiana? We're keeping this our own little secret. If you want to see it, you got to be there. Because remember what I say, boxing, it's better live. It's boxing. Oh, you got to come out. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. And you know what? Not to put you on the spot, but how, about you, give, how about you give the show uh, two tickets uh, so we could give them out to, to uh, some callers and stuff like that. Uh, later on, we'll be doing a little bit of pro- uh, promotion for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you a, a couple pairs of tickets. Everybody got to come with a buddy. And if, All right. see, if you got to take your wife on a Friday night, tell you, honey, we're gonna go to the casino and see the fight. So you take her out, you kill two birds and one stone. You give her a hundred dollars, <laughs> let her go sit on a penny slot machine. She's out of your hair, and you go watch the fights. There you go. That's what we got to do, man. That's what we got to yeah. do. All right. Yeah. Now, for those of you that uh, don't know, you know, you, you were a former fighter yourself. You know, was it an easy transition from a fighter to promoter? Well, I got to be honest with you, David. Coming from, you know, a kid from the west side of Chicago, then started training at a suburban gym uh, in Glendale Heights. Um, you know, in 1983, I was a super heavyweight Golden Glove champion in 83. And then I turned pro in 85. But you gotta remember, I only had three amateur fights. Because <laughs> the two toughest divisions in the amateurs, either if you're a, a, a flyweight or if you're a heavyweight, there's no guys out there. And so <laughs> I had only had three amateur fights and, and, uh, I turned pro in 85 and I went, uh, 21 and 4 as a pro. But I gotta tell you, the whole time while I was a fighter, I, my mind was really, really focused I know a lot of the business that went on. Even though I, I 
to let my managers and trainers do their thing. I always looked at the way a show was run, what was good, what was bad, things that I would do. And you know, I was involved. Jackie Callen was, I was her first fighter. And I discovered James Tony in the gym. So along the way, I was involved in the whole building of James Tony from a four-round prelim fighter until he was a world champion. We defeated Michael Nunn on that wow. night in Davenport, Iowa, when he was a 20-to-1 underdog. And he left Michael dead in the 11th round. Uh, you know, it was probably outside of having my son, that was the second proudest moment of my life because I was there every step of the way. So that's where I got my Harvard education in boxing. So the transition, going on the road with a fighter like James, going to Atlantic City and whatnot, one day the great Emmanuel Stewart pulled me to the side because I was injured. I had broken my ankle on a flight. Um, and he pulled me to the side because I'd go and I'd set up camp for everybody. I'd handle all the hotel reservations, the airlines. And back then is when if you had 20 guys traveling with you, you just walked up to the counter with 20 airline tickets. Here we're on. So it was a lot easier to travel back then. But all the coordinating of all these events, I was involved on the ground level. And Emmanuel pulled me to the side one day. We were in Atlantic City at Resorts International. I'll never forget it. And he said, you know, Bobby, I've been watching you. And you have a very good mind for this business. He said, when you're done fighting, I think you'll be very successful in this business. So you should really consider that. So that was really, you know, that was really an honor to come from a guy like him who, you know, at the time, you know, had the great Tommy Hearns and, and you know, Milt McCory, Jimmy Paul, all these great fighters out of crack. And, you know, so for Emmanuel to give me that vote of confidence um, really kind of made me come back to Chicago and, and say, I'm going to do this thing because I saw the way shows were being run here. And I said, I'm going to make a difference. And, and uh, you know, I've been doing it, you know, 20 plus years. And we've had a lot of success and a lot of fun and um, made a lot of good friends along the way. And and to be honest with you, Bobby, you you have every time you throw a, 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 a boxing event, you know big names come out, man. Uh, who who you got in your pocket? I mean, you draw these big names. The last time, uh, obviously, for my last fight, Vince Vaughn was there. Uh, uh, Dave Bolin from the Blackhawks. Uh, who was there also? Bo Jackson. You know Bo all Jackson. these all the yeah, yeah all these guys. And then from the previous one too, uh, another one you did at the Rosemont. You had almost yeah, all had the bears. Of- yeah, you all had almost yeah. almost all the all the the bears there <laughs> as well. So, how do you get these big names to come out to your fights, man? You know, it's it's been kind of a, a work in progress, and I've always had a I've always been blessed with being able to be involved in the media as well myself, and being part of the CLTV Sports page with Luke Canellis for about fifteen years. I was on that talk show, and and being a former fighter myself and being on the morning show with Mike North and Dan Jiggett on, on television, on Fox, and doing numerous radio shows and whatnot, it, it enabled me to meet a lot of these guys. And back when I was fighting, you know, I used to go conditioning train at a place called the 41 Club, which was in Highland Park, Illinois. And back then, all the bears used to train there. And so I'd be on the massage table, and laying next to me would be Mike Singletary. The table to my right was Richard Betts, Sean Gale, who's become like a brother to me, you know, a lot of these guys. So it's about being in the business, being in the arena that I've chosen to be in, which is boxing, and, and, and kind of branding my name and what I do, but garnering all these relationships for all these years with people and keep building relationships and meeting guys and knowing the Brian Erlachers and the Matt Fortes and just, you know, and then, but the most important thing 
is putting out a good product because these guys want to come out. Everybody wants to be entertained, and you know they have you know the great Vince Vaughn is at pretty much at all our events, is, and he brings all his Hollywood friends. You know Peter Billingsley, you know Ralphie from uh, from a Christmas Story has become a dear friend and a big fan of the game, and and so we just had a lot of fun. We just tried to bring out that Las Vegas feel right here in the Midwest. And, and you do know you do you do do that, Bobby, because I'm. To be honest, um, those uh, boxing events where all the people are there, not only are you watching good fights, but you're also seeing a round of all these celebrities in Hollywood and, you know, athletes from the Chicago Atlanta area, um, pro athletes. I'm not just talking uh, David Diaz or anybody else. I'm talking about professional bulls, uh, bears, cubs. And, yes, I know you even, you know, like I said, Vince Vaughn comes there, you know, and, and uh, who was there? Shia LaBeouf was there last time too, man. So yeah, you, you do right. Yeah, Lots and uh, yup, yup. So a lot of guys there. All right, listen, Bobby. We gotta hang on. Uh, I'm gonna have you on for the next segment. We are gonna discuss Bobby Hitch wardrobe. Stay tuned. <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports okay sports fans here's your opportunity to discuss football america's favorite sport on an annual basis millions of people attend watch and listen to football both pro and college ray ellis sports an internet talk radio show was developed with the fan in mind Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. All right, we're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. This is our this is our segment, the championship round where anything goes. We still have Bobby Hitz on the show, on the line. But Bobby, before before we get started, there's something that's uh that's been you know brought to my attention. 
Um, it has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with you, Bobby. Not yet. Not yet. It has nothing to do with you yet. It has everything to do with my wife. My wife is getting all these text messages where she's saying, you know, that because I said on the show that my wife's a cheap ass for not ordering the fight. All right, Shanti, I'm not going to name any names, but you order the fight and we'll be over your house next time something like that happens. <laughs> all right. So then there you go. All right, now back to our show. When we're talking to a great boxing promoter from Chicagoland area, from the Midwest, because he's actually doing shows in Indiana and in Illinois. So, uh, Bobby Hits, again, welcome to the show. Thanks again for, for staying on the line, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Having fun. Ah, good. Me too. Now, I had said before we cut out that we were going to discuss your, your, your wardrobe. And, and, it, and it was, I'm sorry, it's not your wardrobe. It's the undergarments you wear. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you, they, I don't know. Somebody told me that, that you wear a, a, a woman's undergarment. Is that true? No, no. Here, I, I took a page. I was a, a lot of people don't know, but I played semi-pro football as well. <laughs> and you're too young to remember, but Joe Namath used to wear women's pantyhose to keep his legs warm. Oh and my goodness! Are you serious? Wear women's pantyhose. Yes, yeah, uh, so I, I actually, I didn't go the Oscar De La Hoya route, <laughs> really, where he wears the undergarments. I took the Joe Namath tough guy route because they actually did a, a photo spread with Joe Namath, and they started with his legs, and they moved up, and it looked like women's legs, and it was him. And that's something <laughs> the, 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 the gimmick was, that the, the pantyhose can make the toughest guys in the world's legs look you know, very feminine. So Joe used to wear pantyhose to keep warm in the wintertime when he played uh, for the New York Jets. So and you just so and you just do it and you just do it just for fashion. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear women's pantyhose. Stop it. Yeah, Stop I know, it. I know. Oscar I'm does. joking, guys. Oscar I'm does. joking. Oscar's the only boxer that does, not me. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Bobby hits a manly man. No, no, he's a. <laughs> no, but anyway. <laughs> There might be another promoter here in town that does. I don't know. Oh, 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 oh that's terrible. You're bad. But anyways, let's get back to uh, hosting the show. Now, let me ask you a couple questions. Did you uh, get a chance to check out the Golden Gloves this year? Uh, yes, I did. It was some pretty good talent, and, yeah, it was, it was a nice event. Now, you know, now since you watched them and stuff like that, do you think there's any any of those fighters that just fought in the Golden Gloves are ready to make that transition from, uh, you know, amateur to pro? You know, it, it's kind of funny you should bring that up. You know, you see a couple of the guys that, you know, what I always look for is the guy, because not necessarily, to me, in amateur boxing, the best guy isn't always the guy that wins. I mean, does that make sense to you? Yes, yes, it does. Because... Yeah. Amateur scoring is different and whatnot. So, I mean, there's some guys that uh, um, that I think are going to surprise some people who didn't win this tournament and and, uh, and uh, you know come out of come out of nowhere and really become something. I mean, because think about it, very few guys, you know, uh, that come like look at the, I mean, here you're one of the exceptions to the rule. You had a tremendous amateur career. You went on to represent this country in the Olympics, went on to become a world champion. You see a lot of that happen. But you see a lot of guys who have, like, look at a guy like James Tony that I mentioned. James Tony had 20 amateur fights, and look what he became. 
Pico mm-hmm. Thomas, another dear friend of mine, had three amateur fights. And, no, he actually had no amateur fights. He became heavyweight champion of the world. So I see some guys come out of this tournament that possess a lot of professional skills that weren't really cut out for the amateurs that I think can make some big noise in the pro, in the pro ranks. Oh, yeah, that's good. And that's true, too, though. Um, a, a lot of, you know, uh, amateur fighting is more technical in the sense of scoring right. points, where in the professional ranks is more of hurting somebody, you know. It's not so right. much about getting a point. But, you know, it, it is because a lot of a lot of the amateur kids like to get that pedigree, so to speak, so they can, when they go to the pros, they get a little extra in their paychecks. Right. Correct? Right. <laughs> Yeah, see, so now, as a promoter, as a promoter, uh, what are your thoughts on the on the Coral Mayweather fight, or as a fan, actually? Uh, who, who do you think that one's? I'll be honest with you, everybody's been asking me that question. I did a couple uh, radio shows about it, as well as some uh, print, print media, and I got to tell you, you know, I, you know, it's almost, it's, to me, it's kind of reminiscent in a way of, the Buster-Mike Tyson fight, where Buster possesses the skill to, to beat to, to the style, I should say. That type of style beats a Mike Tyson if you, if you plan your work and work your plan. I think Miguel Cotto has the style to beat Mayweather if he fights his fight, if he roughhouses him, makes the ring real small, keeps it in the phone booth, manhandles him a little bit. I think Cotto could have a lot of success. But if if Mayweather dictates the tempo of the fight and, and keeps him on the end of that jab and uses his speed and whatnot, I, I, I think you're going to see a lot. You know, you'll see a long night for Cotto. So it all depends if Cotto plans his work and works his plan, if he could be successful. You know, I'd like to see Miguel Cotto win the fight because he's a work and he's a, he's a real, real just a blue-collar guy that comes to fight, and he gives it his 110% every time he's in the ring. You know, Mayweather, he's the kind of guy you love to hate. You know what I mean? So, you know, <laughs> from a personal standpoint, you know, I like to see Miguel Cotto pull the upset because everybody's talking about, you know, Pacquiao Mayweather, Pacquiao Mayweather. Let's face it, not many guys went the rounds with Pacquiao that you, so you know this guy up front, personal and close. Pacquiao right. and Mayweather... I think would be a boring fight. And you might say, why would you say that? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because <laughs> I don't think, I don't think. Hey, hey Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. I'm the, I'm, I'm the host here. I ask the questions. So why do you say that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I say that because I don't think Floyd Mayweather will start fight with Pacquiao, which, you know, you know, he's looking, he's looking to, he's looking to end up pretty like, you look at Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya never won the big fight. First of all, because his pantyhose were too tight and proudly. <laughs> but secondly, he never he never gave himself. He never he never he never jumped in there and said, "Let's go at it." He always took the safety first approach and never really slugged it out with anybody because he was you know just had that it wasn't his style. And the same thing with Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather doesn't possess that style to go there and stand toe-to-toe in the middle of the ring with Manny Pacquiao and bang it out, which is Manny's fight. So, oh, yeah. all night, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, pros and cons with that, you know. Um, so, you know, I mean, we're going to have to save that discussion for another time, Bobby, because um, right. I have, I have a, a, a request here from somebody who wrote to me who said, please be sure to tell Hits, my former promoter for most of my career, uh, today on the air that um, I want to say what's up, and the next time he does a charity boxing event that he himself fights in, that I want to train him for it. So do you know who that is? Uh, Hurry up. Hurry up. We got uh, one minute left. Fernando Hernandez. Yeah, you, you dirty dog. He's, he wrote you this uh, question, didn't he? <laughs> Fernie's right, always Bobby. good. I love Fernie, yeah. All right, Bobby. I want to appreciate you for, uh, for being on the show. And we're definitely going to have you back. And remember, guys, we're going to have some fi- uh, fights to the tickets. So get ready because we're going to be having a contest. Again, thank you, Bobby Hits, and thanks for thank tuning you. in to Outside the Ring. I got to run and pick up my kids. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for joining us. Outside the Ring with David Diaz can be heard again next Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.